Thanks so much for listening to the Clifton Church of Christ sermon podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope if ever you're in Clifton, Texas, you'll stop by and say hello. We hope you enjoy this sermon. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to say. One thing I want to um, reiterate what uh, Ray said about the 24-hour prayer. Uh, that will begin Friday morning at 7 a.m., and it'll end at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. It'll be in the prayer room, and you'll everybody that signs up will have a 30-minute slot. And there's a log book in there if you will just jot down your name and the basic things that you prayed about, just so we've got a record. Also, if you would feel more comfortable by praying at home, you can do so. Just whenever you're at the building up here, if you'll jot it down in the log book. Can y'all hear me? Back there, can you hear me, Brenda? Okay, all right. Uh, another thing, uh, you're going to realize three things this morning with me up here. The first of all, that I'm not a preacher. The second thing is that you're not going to learn near as much with me being up here instead of Drew. And the third thing is it's going to be short. She'll be able to get over there and get the food pretty quick. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to start with a story. The summer of 1956. I was 13 years old, and I was left fielder on the local Pony League baseball team. I was a special person, person, special player, because I held a record for the most strikeouts. <laughs> Not as a pitcher, but as a batter. <laughs> so. I went the entire season with 60 times at bat and got two hits. And that's even worse than a slump. Uh, and I hold a lot of walk, long walks back to the dugout after I struck out. But it got to the point where my team, when it was my turn, they would go, uh, Keller, here comes another out. And also the opposing team would cheer. <laughs> so that's pretty hard on a 13-year-old self-image who had dreams of someday playing for the, at that time, Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> but anyway, the only thing right that summer was my parents. My parents' attitude toward my slump. They never missed a game. And I mean not ever. Not once did I look up into the bleachers and see their seats not occupied. They were always there. Uh, the commitment ran deeper than my performance. They showed me the importance of an unwavering love and devotion. The Old Testament contains the beautiful story of Naomi and Ruth a mother-in-law and daughter-in-law who both lost their husbands. Naomi, a foreigner in Ruth's homeland, wants to go back home. And Ruth says, I'm going to go with you. Naomi tries to persuade her not to go, to stay and make a life of her own. She was still young enough. 
but the determination and commitment of Ruth is evident in her words in our scripture that's on the board. You can either turn to Ruth chapter 1 and verse, we'll read verse 16 and 17, or we can read it on, on the screen. Ruth, this, come, this comes after Naomi tried to persuade Ruth to go back home or stay there and make a life of her own. Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God's. Where you die, I will die, and where you will be buried, I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely if even death separates you from me. Now, Ruth's reply here is a, shows a vow of commitment that makes a sevenfold promise to Naomi that teaches us how to open our hearts, open our hearts to the love that God has for us and that he wants us to have for him and one another. As we know, he's always with us. He'll never leave us. A relationship of this caliber can bring us through some of the worst storms in life. Now, Drew, you won't know anything about this, but it was the Beatles who sang, you still, will you still need me and will you still feed me when I'm 64? <laughs> There's a kind of, of agony that goes with being 64 or any age, for that matter, and not having anyone to care for you or look after you. Any human created in the image of God is in dire need of at least one faithful friend or mate who will look them in the eye and say, I will never leave you. Amen. You may grow old and gray, your face may wrinkle, and your body may turn old, but I will never leave you. Think for a moment about the people that's in your little world. Uh, we all have a group of people that we spend more time with than others. And uh, whether it's your bridge club or your coffee buddies or whatever, you spend time with them as a group. What do they think of your faithfulness as a friend? Does your loyalty ever waver with them? Do you have at least one person in that group that your contract of love is non-negotiable? Hopefully it is. Another story. Once there were two longtime friends. They were born in, in a house right next to one another. So they started playing with one another when they were very small, and they became the best of friends, the very best. They started school together, they played baseball together, they played football together. They were really close friends. They even joined the army together, and it was during wartime. And one day the combat was unusually heavy, and many lives were being lost. When one of the two friends was wounded and could not get back to the trenches of safety, the other friend, we'll call him Jim, 
went out to get his friend against the commanding officer's orders. Jim returned with his wounded with his wounded buddy and was also wounded in the rescue. Jim's friend was dead when they returned. And as I said, Jim was mortally wounded. The officer looked down at Jim and said, it wasn't worth it, was it, soldier? Jim, having just enough life left to hear what the officer said and to say these words, but it was worth it, sir, because when I got to him, my friend said, Jim, I knew you'd come. Didn't Christ die for us like that? Friends such as this are is, is priceless. I'm reminded of a quote from the late Benjamin Franklin. It says, be slow to pick your friends, but even slower to leave them. In his book, God Calling, A.J. Russell writes these words about when you are friends with God and you have a non-negotiable relationship with God. And he uses Hebrews 13.5 as his reference, which says, I will never leave you. I will never run away from you. You know, God is constant in his saying and also in his, in his feelings. And using the words never leave can mean four things, A.J. Russell says. I will never leave you can mean love, my love will never leave you. I will never leave you can mean strength. You are sure of strength in every situation. And also third is patience. I will never leave you. You will never tire of being patient. And fourth, understanding. I will never leave you. You will always be understood. Probably one of the best examples of non-negotiable love is found in 1 John 4 and verse 10. It says, This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, now I ask you, is there any way we can sum up non-negotiable love with any kind of a definition? I think we can by saying non-negotiable love is a loving relationship with someone that is not, I repeat, not based on performance. If you would like to pray with someone or if you'd like to hear more about our place here or anything or our congregation, there's going to be elders at the door, the exit doors, while we stand and sing this song. And after that, we'll have a scriptural reading and a prayer.